Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Well, come with me in your Bible. Today is Freedom Sunday, and, uh, and I got a great message, and you know I tried it out on the 8.30, made a few tweaks for the 10, but I feel like I've got it right for the 12 o'clock. Does Sean, how many people know that God loves the 12 o'clock the most? Is that true? Amen. All right, come with me. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. I'm going to read this one from the NIV, the nearly inspired version. Just kidding. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So we know that Jesus on the cross died for our sins. How many people know that? Jesus died on the cross for our sins. If you talk to anybody that has even a semblance of religion, a religious upbringing, they will tell you, if you ask them, hey, why did Jesus go to the cross? They will say, Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins or to forgive our sins. But how many people know that wasn't the only reason that he went to the cross? 1 John 3 verse 8 says, you know, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this reason, Jesus was manifest or Jesus was revealed in the earth. Jesus came to the earth for this reason, to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus did not only die on the cross so that you and I could have forgiveness, could have our sins canceled and our sins blotted out, but he also went to the cross to destroy the works of the devil. So I want you to know today, freedom is your portion. Let me just say this. It wasn't in my notes, but it came in the 830. Um, quite often when, when you stand on this platform, uh, there's, a, there's a thing called the corporate anointing. The corporate anointing is Jesus said, where two or more are gathered, there I am in the midst. So I will pray and I will prepare. But then when you stand up here, because there's more than two or three gathered, he is here. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will start telling you things that wasn't in your notes. You're like, man, I didn't even see that before. So in the 830 service, the Holy Spirit showed me that wherever freedom is, peace is present. That where you have freedom, you have peace. If there's no freedom, there's no peace. Wherever freedom is, there is peace. If you look at 2020, 2021, 2022, we saw a massive spike in anxiety medications, antidepressants. Sadly, a lot of people were committed suicide or were suicidal. It was, it was a very, very turbulent, very tumultuous couple of years. And the reason there was a... Uh, a diminishing of peace was because there was a grabbing of freedoms. Whenever freedom is removed, peace is removed. And I just need you to understand that, that God created you to live in freedom. And the Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. When you have freedom, you have peace. Without freedom, you have no peace. Does, does that make sense? So our constitution, if you want to know why we kind of get you know, pretty worked up and pretty passionate, our constitution is, was given by our founding fathers to protect our freedoms. The constitutions don't give us freedoms. 
in the Constitution, it says that all these freedoms, all these liberties come from our Creator. They, 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 they are inalienable, inalienable. They are from God. They didn't come from man. They came from God. And it is given to, to the governments of men to protect those freedoms, not to take those freedoms, not to dispense those freedoms. Government's job is to protect those freedoms. When we see governments taking away those freedoms, they're out of order. They've, they've crossed the line. They're out of bounds. And we, the people, need to call them back in. Does that make sense? So if you're wondering, hey, I'm just coming to awaken, man, you guys aren't like a lot of other churches. You guys are politically active. Well, the reason we are is because of that. It's, it's because we understand that God did not create man to subjugate man. He did not create men to dominate men. He created all men equal and he created all men to be free. And when there's no equality and when there's no freedom, that's when you're going to run into the Bible, you're going to run into, into God, and you're going to run into problems. Amen? Amen. Amen. So it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So Jesus wants you free. Now come with me to the book of Exodus chapter 12. This is going to kind of be our core scripture, and then I'm going to throw a few more out. Exodus chapter 12, verse 23. Uh, at the time of the writing or the, the reading that we're about to, to read is Israel have been in bondage in Egypt for 400 years, have been slaves for 400 years. The sting of the whip is a daily reminder that you are the slave labor force of Pharaoh. The, the children of Israel were slaves. What is a slave? A slave is somebody who works but doesn't get wages or salary in exchange for their labor and their work, they're permitted to continue living. Should they die, they're just replaced with the next will. That's slavery. That's slavery. These people were slaves. They, had, they couldn't leave. They couldn't go anywhere. They were slaves. Many working 14, 16, 18 hours a day, they were slaves in Egypt. God said, it is enough. It is enough. I'm sending Moses. He's going to deliver you. Moses comes and nine times he brings judgments and plagues from God. And nine times Pharaoh gets knocked down, but he gets up again and changes his mind. And God says, this is the final one, 10. It's the 10th one. Uh, I'm going to come through Egypt and I'm going to strike the firstborn because the first belongs to me. But Pharaoh decides he ain't honoring God. He drinks the water I provide. He eats the fruit that comes from my hand, but he will not honor me. So therefore, I'm taking what is mine. I will devastate the land. But I want you to do this. I want every household to get a lamb and take the lamb and, and sacrifice the lamb, slaughter the lamb, and then take its blood and put it on the lintels of the doorposts. And it will come to pass. In fact, let's read it. Verse 23 says, For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. He will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. So let me just say this, that where the blood is, destruction is put at bay. Wherever the blood is present, destruction is overthrown. Destruction is reversed. Destruction cannot touch where the blood of the lamb sits. Many years ago in 1997, uh, I remember being away preaching. My second son, Ash, had just been born. He was born in May. New Zealand has fairly cold winters. 
and we had a fairly, fairly bitter, very, very wet, very, very cold winter. And uh, Ash had developed some uh, a chest infection that didn't get better, it got worse, and he ended up with pneumonia. And I was away preaching, and I got a, a phone call from my beautiful Leanne, very, very hysterical, as she should be, because Ash had stopped breathing, and they had to rush him to the hospital, and they thought that we were going to lose him. And, uh, and it was crazy, because all of these things seemed to happen every time I was away preaching. Every time I go away preaching, the wheels would fall off at home. And... Uh, and so if I was honest with you, when I was in Bible college, we kind of heard that, hey, you know, you know when, when, when you serve God, you get a big target on your back and the devil comes after you. And because, you, you know, it's just confirmation. You're serving God. You're in the right place. You were where you meant to be. You're, you're in the right place because, you know, that's the devil just attacking you. And so I, just, I kind of wore it as a badge. Kind of wore it as, man, babe, you're just going to have to rally, you know, just be two parents. I'm out here serving Jesus and you just have to woman up. And be the man and the woman. Stupid is as stupid does. And then the Holy Spirit said to me, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Nice of you to show up. Um, (laughs) Holy Spirit, you know, obviously you saw the altar call. 20-something young people just gave their lives to Jesus. And obviously I've thrown a stick at the hornet's nest and the devil's attacking my family. And the Holy Spirit says, number one, uh, I drew the people to the altar call. Number two, I got them born again. You can't born again anybody. And he says, number three, you don't got to put up with that. I'm like, like, what do you mean I don't got to put up with it? He said, what the blood covers, the destroyer can't touch. And I said, what do you mean? He said, take communion. I said, but it's not communion Sunday. (laughs) Back then we did communion. Sunday was the last Sunday of the church. I said, it's still a few weeks away. He said, you don't have to wait. Jesus said, as often as you eat and drink, do it in remembrance of me. I'm like, I can do communion. He says, yeah. And then he took me on a Bible study on the power of the blood. You know, we we have four children, and I'd love to tell you, all of them are saints. (laughs) They're all pastor's kids, and they've they've never even sinned. They've never even broken a sweat. They don't even need deodorant because they're pastor's. None of them have bad breath. None of them have cavities. Um, I can't tell you how many times we, we have seen one of our kids overcome by, you know, an, the devil or whatever. And we know that we can go straight to communion. And Leanne and I will get the bread and we'll get the wine and we'll enforce the blood. The reason I say this is I'm about to do a teaching on the power of the blood of Jesus. The title of this message is The Perfect and Complete Freedom Sacrifice. The perfect and complete. And if you know anything about the number seven, seven is the number of perfection and it's it's also the number of completion. But then Pastor John Heinrichs in the 830 service had to yell out, Pastor, you you missed a point. There's eight points. And so now it's completely ruined my message. So I've had to kind of bend with it. So it's the perfect and complete freedom. But eight is the number of resurrection and new life. So it's the perfect and complete Sacrifice of freedom and new life. Uh, now, let me just say, say this, that I, I, I love January the 1st. If I was honest with you, the, the, one of the days I look forward to most is January the 1st. Because it's, it's kind of like, for, for my brain, the way it works, it's like I've got this blank slate. I've got this canvas, and it's white, 
and it's clean and I've got my brushes and I've got my paints and I'm like, this year's going to be the best year of my... And so I'm, I'm excited. And then usually, usually by, by around about March, a wheel comes off. <laughs> but, you know, I can kind of steady and I can kind of do three wheels for a little bit and then usually by about summer, you know, like... A head gasket blows or something. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going downhill. I've got some momentum. And then usually by about October, November, I'm like, I can't wait for a new year. I can't wait for that. And so, but as I've gotten a little bit older, 55 now, as I've gotten a little bit older, I've realized that the reason that this year looks so much like last year is because I allowed a whole lot of stowaways I brought the same things. And any sin that I've hidden, I think I've hidden it from the people. Why does my life stink? Well, it's because of the jacked up stuff you brought with you. So I've realized, OMG. So how do I defeat this stuff? How do I get rid of it? And there's only kind of one way. So we know that they overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb. Word of the testament, he did not love their lives to death. So God began to show me that the blood of Jesus defeated the devil. The devil has been defeated. 2,000 years ago, Jesus defeated the devil. The problem is the devil's running amok and ransacking lives today. That Even though he was defeated, the tragedy is in the 21st century, he largely goes uncontested. The Bible talks in the book of Jude about Michael and Satan contesting for the body of Moses. Moses didn't belong to the devil. Moses belonged to God, but the devil's a thief. He takes what doesn't belong to him. So he's contesting. And Michael had to say, the Lord rebuke you. And we know that Moses went to be with God. So the devil was defeated. But in your life, the freedoms that Jesus has, you have to contend. You have to contest. And it's very, very simple. You just bring the blood. You just remind the devil of the blood. Now, the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, that my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. So some of the things I'm going to teach you today, you may know, but most likely you may not know. And once you know this, it's going to be game over for the evil one. It's going to be game over for the devil. Now, one more quick thought before I jump into these points. One more quick thought. Um, America, uh, you know, 240-something years that we've been around, 247 years we've, we've, we've been around. So we haven't been around for 1,000 years, 500 years, 247 years. When America was founded, slavery was fairly normal in the world. Sadly, slavery is still present in a lot of the world, too many places. So America didn't invent slavery, but she did inherit slavery. But America did something that was very, very powerful. America realized that just Thomas Jefferson writing in our Constitution that all men are created equal, even though he, he set that into motion, it wasn't enough. Even though we know that that is a truth and we know it's a biblical truth that is backed up by the Bible and backed up by God, it still wasn't manifesting in reality. So America had to do something very, very powerful. America had to go to war against itself. America had to go to war against itself to defeat and drive out and eliminate 
the bondage of slavery. America wasn't the first nation to do this. In the Bible, if you read your Bible, which we encourage, by the way, um, you will find that when the, the sins, the same sin of Sodom and Gomorrah had crept into the tribes of Israel, Israel had to go to war against Benjamin. The other 11 tribes, because Benjamin was, was proud and, and unrepentant and obstinate and refused to, to back down. So Israel had to go to war against itself to drive out the perversion and the wickedness that was destroying and, and corrupting and defiling the great nation, this chosen nation of God. So they went to war against itself. Can I just say to you that if you are struggling with an addiction or a habit, you cannot defeat it until you make a decision to go to war against yourself. You have to go to war against yourself. My pastor in Australia, Pastor Phil Pringle, once told me, he says, the definition of integrity is to side with God against yourself. The definition of integrity is to side with God against yourself. That's why when you read the Bible, you should have a whole lot of don't moments. Because if, if you're reading it properly, it will kick you right where you... This pesky little book will kick your backside again, but it's good for you. It's good for you. I get away with things until I read that, and then it's like, golly gee, gosh darn it. But it's good for you. All right, are you ready? Okay. So, so, so if we know, if we know that wherever the blood is, the destroyer can't touch. We also know that Jesus was the Lamb of God. He was the Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world. The Bible says in the book of Revelation that in the center of the throne is the Lamb. And that He wipes away the tears from every eye. That the Lamb, there's a Lamb on a throne in heaven. Now, in the Bible... Pastor Morgan, they, they didn't just sacrifice lambs. They sacrificed oxen. They sacrificed goats. They sacrificed turtle doves. They, there was a lot of things that were sacrificed. But Jesus didn't come as an ox. He didn't come as a goat. He didn't come as a turtle dove. He came as a lamb. What's the difference between a lamb and a goat or a lamb and an ox? The lamb is the most vulnerable. A lamb is so vulnerable that in Israel and right around the world, wherever there's a lamb, they usually have to put a shepherd boy to take care of the lamb, to protect the lamb because it's defenseless. I need you to understand, God said to the devil, I'm going to come from heaven. Or oh, you put sin and death into man. I'm going to come from heaven. And there's colorful language I want to use, which isn't fitting for a pastor, but... <laughs> Basically, he's going to open a can of whoop on the devil. And the devil says, yeah, how are you going to do that? And God says, I'm going to defeat you as a lamb. Me completely defenseless. I don't even need to exercise muscle. I don't need to break a sweat. I'm going to defeat you. So Jesus Christ came as the lamb of God. But the reason he did that was because he was shedding his blood. He wanted to take the violence of the devil because in every place that Jesus bled, he purchased your freedom. Every place that Jesus bled, 
And every place that he bled was to set you and me free. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So I want to show you seven points that I came up with and then the eighth one that the scholar John Heinrichs (laughs) gave me. Number one, Jesus bled from his hands. In Psalm 22, verse 16, King David's writing this psalm, and it's, a, it's almost prophetic. If you read Psalm 22, if you ever sit with a, a Jewish person and they don't, they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, read Psalm 22 and say, does that remind you of anybody? It says that he's hanging on a cross, he can count his bones, that they divided lots for his garments, and they've pierced my hands and my feet. This is about 600 years before crucifixion was even a thing. And David writing in the Psalms looks ahead and he sees his hands and his feet pierced that Jesus, the son of David, would have his hands and his feet pierced. Hands speak of sinful actions. The Bible says that they reached out their hands to sin. They reached out their hands to iniquity. When, when, when we arrest a criminal, the first thing we do is we put handcuffs on them. Uh, the Bible says when, when Joseph was, was sold into slavery, they, they, they put chains around his wrists and chains around his feet. When Paul and Silas were, were you know, falsely imprisoned, they chained their arms. They changed their, chained their hands and their feet to the prison wall. The devil wants your hands to be bound to sin, bound to iniquity, bound to things that destroy your life. But the Bible says you shall lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Your hands were not meant to be tools of the evil one. Your hands are meant to be the extension of the kingdom of God. That's why we call it lending a helping hand. Your hands are meant to be transmitters of power. The Bible says to Paul speaking to Timothy, says, Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you that was imparted to you through the laying on of the hands of the presbytery, of the leadership. Your hands is meant to transmit kingdom power. That's why the devil wants your hands bound. He wants your hands. But Jesus Christ bled from his hands so that your hands could be free so that your hands could be redeemed that your hands could be cleansed that it could break the sinful addictions in your life so that you can lift holy hands under the Lord that you can you know use God's power flowing through your hands the Bible says Moses lifted his arms up and there was victory in the valley you're meant to have holy hands somebody say amen the second area where we see that Jesus bled was in his feet in his feet, John 19, 18 says that they, they crucified him between two criminals and they put nails through his wrist, but they also drove one nail through both of his feet and Jesus bled. Feet is very powerful because it doesn't just talk about hands as sinful actions. Feet is sinful cycles. I used to go to the pub and get drunk. I used to go to the strip club. I used to go to, I used to, and, and, and the Bible says that, that this king walked in the ways of his father, David. This king walked in the ways of. So feet speak of generational cycles. Jesus came to set you free, to break, to redeem the generational cycles of alcoholism, of drug addiction, of divorce, of licentiousness, of lust, of perversion. He came to break those cycles because he bled from his feet. The Bible says that every place the sole of your foot shall tread, you're meant to take territory. You'll always find that when the devil has overtaken, if you go downtown, 
you see a lot of homeless people. They're not homeless because there's not enough homes. They're homeless because of vices, because their feet have not been set free from the, the, the generational cycles of addiction, of vice, of, of iniquity, and so they lose. You always lose territory because your feet are meant to gain territory. Every place the sole of your foot shall, shall, shall tread, I have given to you. You're meant to take ground, not lose ground. So the devil wants you bound to iniquity, bound to sinful habits, but Jesus Christ came to break generational cycles. And let me tell you, those generational cycles, they may be in the realm of, well, you know what? Diabetes runs in your family. High blood pressure runs in your family. You know, breast cancer runs in your family. God bless the doctors. We don't, you know, doctors discern what's there, but there's a higher authority. There's a higher power. There's the blood of Jesus Christ. You and I can come under because it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Now, that may be a genetic reality, but can I tell you something? You can come under a heavenly reality that overcomes a genetic reality. Somebody say amen. amen. So Jesus, the next one in John 19, 2 to 3, John 19, 2 to 3, it says, And the Roman soldiers twisted a crown of thorns, and they put it on his head, and they put a purple robe on him, and they began to mock him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they struck him with their hands. Jesus bled from his head. The head is, means authority. The head is authority. When you were born, you came out head first. You went from a confined place into a wide open space, head first. Ever since then, all your advancement comes head first. Until your thinking changes, nothing changes. If you think that life is difficult, life will be difficult. If you think money doesn't grow on trees and man, San Diego is way too expensive, it, it'll be so. It'll, however you believe. Jesus said, It is as you believe. Whatsoever things you ask for, believe that you receive them. The biggest battle is the believing. The Bible says that we can bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. The devil wants to get into your control tower, he wants to get into your control room. The thoughts that most dominate our minds chart the navigation and the direction of our lives. You tell me your most dominant thought and I'll tell you your destiny. The devil wants your mind and your thoughts to be filled with fear, with negativity, with anxiety, with uncleanness, with perversion, with hopelessness, with nightmares, with it can, can't happen. Do you even know that God is for you? He, he, he wants your mind. But God says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I want you to notice he doesn't think thoughts about you. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. God is thinking thoughts towards you. Do you know right now in this room, even though it's, we can't see it in the invisible realm, there are, there are radio waves, FM and AM frequency. And if we had a transmitter, we could... Like we could, we could tune in. And we could, we could begin to hear songs, we can begin to hear sounds, we can, on, on the different frequencies. It's invisible, but it's here. It's the same with God's thoughts. God is transmitting, God is broadcasting His thoughts towards you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and all you gotta do is learn how to engage your spirit. Turn the dish of your soul towards God and begin to think his thoughts. God says that my ways are not your ways, 
neither are my thoughts your thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways higher than your ways. When you begin to think God's thoughts, you begin to walk in his ways. And the Bible says his paths drip with abundance. The devil wants to sentence you to a life of hopelessness and fear and nothing's ever going to work out and it works for everybody else, but it doesn't work for me. He wants to dominate your thoughts. But Jesus Christ bled from his head so that you could have authority over your thoughts, that you could think good thoughts, positive thoughts. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, they're good thoughts to give you a future and a hope, not hopelessness, not fear, not depravity, but future and a hope. Can somebody say amen? amen. Well, then while he was on the cross, we know that when he, when he died, a soldier got a spear and plunged it right through Jesus' side. And the Bible says the blood and water flowed. That's in John 19, 34. A soldier pierced Jesus' side and blood and water flowed. Well, that wasn't the first time that we saw the side of a man pierced. The Bible says in Genesis that the Lord God put man into a sleep and God pierced his side and pulled out a rib and created the woman. Jesus' side was pierced in blood and water. Blood and water is the, the symbol of, of new life so that the generations, so that relationships, so that marriage, so that family. The Bible says that the spear penetrated the cavity of Jesus' heart. That's why blood and water flowed. So many people have broken relationships, dysfunctional relationships, because their hearts, instead of being filled with love, are filled with bitterness, filled with resentment, filled with anger and hostility, animosity, because of things that have been done to them. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted so that you can have blessed relationships. You can have a blessed marriage, blessed friendships. Jesus bled from the side. His side was pierced because you're meant to have somebody by your side. You're, you're meant to walk. Do you know even the word therapeo? And there's a, uh, the word therapy, excuse me, comes from the word therapeo. Therapeo is a, a word in the Bible. When Jesus sent the disciples out two by two, therapeo. Therapeo means one who walks alongside of. Most people that need therapy just need therapy because they don't have a therapeia. They don't have someone that walks alongside of. You and I are better when we have someone that we walk alongside. You are never meant to do life on your own. You're meant to do life in relationship. In fact, life moves at the velocity of relationship. The more friendships you have, the deeper those friendships, the richer your life. The Bible says, God speaking, it's not good for man to be alone. You're not meant to do life on your own. You know, this year we had the, the opportunity to go to Italy. And I, I, I got to tell you, if heaven's overcrowded, if I get to heaven and God's like, wow, how awesome. We had a massive revival. I'm like, oh, it's a little bit. I'm going to volunteer. Send me to Italy. Seriously, when we're in Sorrento, Positano, Capri, it was beautiful. The Amalfi, just send me there. Anyway, and so, so but, I, but I said to Leanne, I said to Leanne, we're watching, we're watching the, the, the sunrise one morning. And I said to Leanne, I said, you know what, isn't this beautiful? She goes, babe, this is so beautiful, this is so beautiful. I said, yeah, but just imagine if you're sitting here by yourself or if I'm sitting here by myself. Because so many times that Leanne would get invited to a place to preach or I would get invited to a place to preach. And quite often um, the, the churches that ask you to preach are, are very, very kind in their hospitality. And they'll put you in a really nice hotel. And sometimes I stay in a beautiful hotel on a beach and everything's beautiful. But it's, I'm like, what's the point? 
just put me in a Motel 6. Because i got nobody to share it with. Your life is rich when you have somebody to share moments. I honestly believe that life is the making of memories and a fulfilled life is sharing those memories. Looking back, you're a rich person. I want you to know if the devil has robbed you relationally, Jesus bled from his side. He redeemed the destroyer. The destroyer is not ruining marriages and relationships and engagements and friendships. You may have experienced betrayal. You put it under the blood of Jesus and you tell that filthy destroyer, you get your hands up. This year, 2023, I'm going to get engaged. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have the best relationships of my life. Come on, if you believe that, give God an amen. Okay, I've got to move really quick. Numero cinco is, this is, this, is a, this is a brilliant one. In Luke chapter 22, verse 44, this is before the cross. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible says, and being in agony, because he, he's looking ahead. He knows he's going to the cross. He knows, that, he knows that what's about to take place is no going back from. He knows he's going to be beaten. He's going to be whipped with cords. He, he knows he's going to be crucified and he knows he's, he has to die. He has to embrace death. And the Bible says that three times he asks his disciples to pray with him. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll pray for you, Jesus. We got you, man. We got your back, dog. You know what? And then he turns around and they're asleep. So Jesus is on his own. So he's, he's praying three times. But the Bible says he's in such agony that he's, he's sweating drops of blood. He's sweat. It's like hematidrosis or something is, is the word. Where you're under such duress. A lot of, a lot of um, power lifters, when, when, they're, when they're trying to lift that really, really heavy weight, um, capillaries burst and they sweat blood. Jesus is under such pressure that he's sweating drops of blood. That's interesting because, again, if you go back, remember Jesus is coming to redeem us from the curse. He's coming to un everything the first Adam lost. Jesus, the last Adam or the second Adam, is redeeming. So when Adam sinned, God couldn't curse Adam because God blessed Adam, Genesis 1.28. So God said, cursed be the ground for your sake, for your sake, out of the sweat of your brow. And out of toil and struggle, the earth will reluctantly yield to you its increase. When Jesus was sweating drops of blood, his sweat with the blood was going into the ground saying, I'm coming to redeem from the curse. If you feel like you're, you're running just to stand still, if you feel like every two steps forward, you take one step back. Every, it's, it, it seems like you, you paid this bill off only to have this bill come in. You just got rid of that debt and now there's another debt. And you feel like you just can't seem to get ahead. Jesus bled from his sweat. He bled from his sweat to redeem you because he came to redeem the toil the struggle, the strive, the resistance, the difficulty. 
Can I just tell you, you're meant to flourish. You're meant to prosper. God wired you with giftings and skill sets. When you, when you get into alignment with that, you'll find yourself monetized. You'll find yourself prospering. You'll find yourself flourishing. Let the wicked, the wicked can do the struggling. You're not meant to struggle. You're meant to have prosperity, blessing, and breakthrough. Can somebody say amen? Number six. Uh-oh, one minute left. Number six. Isaiah 53.5 says that Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. He was bruised for our iniquities. Do you know what a bruise is? A bruise is bleeding under the skin. A bruise is where maybe there's an impact and blood vessels are broken under the skin. It doesn't come out. There's, there's no bleeding on top of the skin, but it's under the skin. The Bible says Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. The reason that this is, is because so many of us carry stuff under the surface. We carry, it's not evident. The bleeding's not evident. Jesus was bruised. He carried bruises that were bleeding under the skin so that the trauma that you experienced as a child, maybe the abuse, maybe you carry shame that nobody knows about, Maybe you carry a secret, something was done to you or something that you did and, and you feel so unworthy, you feel so condemned, you feel so vile, you feel so guilty. I want you to know Jesus was bruised for your iniquity. He bled underneath the surface. So the things that are underneath the surface that aren't visible to, to the eye, that haven't flowed. Jesus died on the cross. Jesus bled in his body. Jesus was bruised so that you could be delivered in those things. Nobody needs to leave here today with the traumas of their past, with the cycles of guilt, with the cycles of shame, with the cycles of condemnation. Jesus wiped all of those things away. The Bible says in Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Why? Because he was bruised for your iniquities. Go ahead and give God a praise for that. Number seven, with 40 seconds left. Number seven, this one goes all the way back to Luke 2, 21, when Jesus was just a little eight-day-old baby. He was eight days old when he first bled. The Bible says, and on the eighth day, they circumcised him. The first time Jesus bled, he was only eight days old. You say, well, what's that got to do with? Well, Abraham was given circumcision because God says, I'm going to make from you a nation because you will teach your children and your children's children after you to observe my laws in the earth. Therefore, I'm going to make of you a holy nation, separate from anybody else. You're 99. You're going to circumcise yourself and all the men in your household. And then this time next year, you're going to bring forth. The first command for Adam and Eve was to be fruitful and multiply. So Jesus is cut in the area that how we are fruitful and how we multiply. So it does two things. Number one, sexual purity. The devil wants to, the devil wants to get into your bed. The devil wants to get into not just your head, but into your bed, into your bedroom. And he wants to spoil. Do you know how much pornography robs intimacy in marriage. It presents itself like this will enhance intimacy, but it does the exact opposite because instead of you being with your spouse, you're with somebody else. And it's all kinds of wickedness and perversion. God wants you to have the purest. If, if, you, were, if you were buying heroin, which we don't recommend, uh, 
you will find the more pure the heroin, the more expensive it is. If you're buying methamphetamines, the more pure, the more expensive. The devil knows the power of purity. That's why he wants to defile you. But Jesus was cut there so that you could have not just purity, but also if you're having trouble conceiving and trouble being fruitful and multiplying, then Jesus, that's the first area so that you can have breakthrough. In this house, we see so many people who were barren, who were told by doctors. We had one, one, one uh, family, or one husband and wife, they'd spent 170 thousand dollars on fertility treatments and over about 12 years and could not get pregnant they started coming to our church in 2020 got prayer on an altar had had spent everything that didn't work got prayer on an altar and she instantly got pregnant and uh, now they're a family there's an anointing here because we believe that the blood of Jesus redeems and then the eighth one the last one just so that pastor John doesn't rebuke me the Bible says that they took Jesus out and they tied him to a post, a whipping post. And then Roman soldiers got a cat of nine tails and began to whip his back. And they began to whip his back. And the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 5, that by Jesus' stripes we are healed. The back, Jesus' back was, because back speaks of strength. We've heard of back-breaking labor. When somebody's sick, they're unable to work. That's why we have sickness benefits. That's why we have disabled. But Jesus wants you to have a strong back. He wants you to have healing in your body. Because your back doesn't just carry labor and burden. Sometimes your back will carry your friends. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. There are times where you've got to carry your family. There are sometimes you've got to carry a friend. There are sometimes you've got to carry a colleague. You're meant to have a strong back. If there's sickness and disease and infirmity, I want you to know the blood of Jesus was shed. To redeem you and I, all he had to do was die. But he didn't just die. He gave his back so you and I could have strength in this life. You and I could be free from infirmity, free from sickness. That we could max. You don't have to live on a sickness benefit. You can flourish. You can prosper. You are blessed to be a blessing. You can carry other people. You can say, hey, let me pay for this bill. Let me pay for this person's groceries. Hey, I just feel God tell me to, to, to write you a check and help you get through this tough time. You are meant to be able to carry other people. Amen. Amen. Come on. We're going to have our ministry team come forward band come on back up come on why don't we stand to our feet I did it two minutes over all right just lift your hands high to heaven how many people at least one of those things kind of related to you how many people are like me where all eight related to you all eight you know in 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 this house we don't want to make you religious we want to just bring you into an encounter with a God who is real who is alive and who is powerful. In this house, we want to bring you to Christ. But it's because Christ Jesus hung on a cross to cancel out your sin, to break the power of iniquity. Jesus bled in eight areas and all eight of those areas. In fact, uh, just to add fuel to the fire, Pastor Sterling how youth and young adults pastor said, Pastor, there's a ninth one. I'm like, there's not a ninth one, you rascal. He said, yeah, yeah, remember when Jesus took the cup? I said, he didn't bleed into the cup. 
He said, I know. He took the cup and he said, hey, this cup represents the blood of my new covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus also shed his blood so that instead of us being plagued with dark memories, we can have memories healed. And I thought, gosh, I've got to start submitting my sermons to my team before I... <laughs> Whatever area, just, in fact, just lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. Listen, it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Determine 2023 is going to be the greatest year of my life. It's going to be the greatest year of my life. Because you know what, devil? I'm not taking any of your junk. You, none of your stowaways are going to remain in any of the lifeboats. In fact, I'm going to get rid of all of those lifeboats. I'm just going to go with God. Get out of my world. I'm going to war against myself. I'm not taking the same junk that limited me in 2022 into 2023. Father, I thank you for freedom. I thank you that every area where the blood was spilled, the destroyer is pushed at bay. The destroyer is defeated. The destroyer is thwarted. He must pass over. I thank you, Lord God, hands that used to reach out to iniquity, free today. Feet that used to walk in generational cycles and patterns, free today. I thank you that thoughts, mind, head, free today. I thank you that side relationships free today. I thank you toil and struggle and never seeming to be able to get ahead free today. I thank you, Father God, today. Backbreaking free. Relationships free. Reproduction free. Healing free. Father, as these beautiful ministers begin to pray, I want you to today. To, to not be afraid to come down and get prayer. And, and I'll tell you why. How, how many people know the Bible says that, you know, whosoever believes will have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes. Believing is 99% of the battle. But if I was honest with you, there were times where I was believing, I was believing, Mike, I was believing, believing, and it's like there was an invisible war. It was like, man, what is this blockage? And then one day the Holy Spirit said to me, He said, go and get into alignment. Go and get into agreement with somebody. He said, it's not good that man should be alone. Jesus said, in the mouth of two or three, let every word be established. If two of you can agree, anything that is my will, it'll happen for you. God says, the reason is it's you are believing, but now I want you to go and get into agreement. Humble yourself. And go and stand with someone and say, hey man, I want to get free in this area. I've been struggling in this area. I've been battling in this area. I've been trying to do it all on my own. But you know what? Would you come into agreement with me that the blood of Jesus has canceled this thing out? I am telling you, every time I've had breakthrough, it's because I've come into alignment, come into agreement with someone. Had some, that's why the Bible says two are better than one. Two are better than one. Why? Because you can come into agreement. You can come into alignment today make that decision. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. Father, I thank you for these anointed ministers, the, these anointed men and women of God. Father, I thank you for breakthrough and freedom over each and every life. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you begin to make your way down? Come on. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. 
or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.